Hello, welcome to ASEAN Speaks, a podcast by Maybank. I'm Esther Bua, your host. Stepping into 2024, how is the economy faring so far? Joining me today is Brian Lee, economist at Maybank Securities. We ask him for his GDP outlook and what are some initiatives that Singaporeans can expect from Budget 2024. Hi, Brian. Hi, Esther. We are halfway into quarter one, 2024. Can you tell us about how the economy is faring this year? Yeah, so our outlook for GDP growth this year is a recovery to 2.2%, um, and that's up from the 1.2% in 2023. We expect uh, growth this year to be fueled by a recovery in manufacturing and exports. Manufacturing is benefiting from green shoots in external demand. Although the um, driver of demand is still narrow and centered on electronics, particularly semiconductors. So I think if you look at indicators like PMI and new export orders uh, sub-index for both overall manufacturing and electronics, they have been in expansion mode since the fourth quarter of 2023. Um, and you also see a small rise in industrial production in January when you exclude the uh, biomedical, so magnitude of about 0.5% from a year ago, which is a fourth straight month of expansion. Alongside the manufacturing rebound, uh, we think that trade-related and outward-oriented services sectors, including wholesale trade and financial services, will see growth pick up in 2024 with the rebound in global demand and also easing domestic interest rates as the Fed cuts. But on the consumer services side of things, it looks like things are cooling down. For instance, real food and beverage sales fell um, 3.1% from a year ago in December, and this was its third consecutive month of decline, and a big drag has been restaurant spending. Real retail sales fell 2.6% year-on-year in December, with the decline being fairly broad-based other than for you know, motor vehicles. Revenge spending post-pandemic is likely to be fading, which is why you're seeing it weigh on both uh, restaurant spending and also retail spending. Um, high prices could be dampening spending appetite, and the strong Sing dollar is uh, encouraging people to divert their spending abroad where you know shopping and dining tend to be cheaper. So we are hoping that the tourism recovery can cushion consumer spending. For instance, there was strong 16% month-on-month growth in tourist arrivals in January and there is likely a room for further improvement given that um, it's still 15% of uh, 15% below pre-pandemic levels. And also there will be a 30-day visa waiver for Chinese tourists uh, from 9th of February. And yeah, so we are likely to see a further recovery in tourism from here and hopefully it can help to you know, cushion retail sales and restaurant spending. Thanks, Brian, for the update. You know, for many Singaporeans, high inflation and living costs continue to be stressful. Do you expect the situation to get better this year? Okay, so I think the good news is that inflation has been coming down I think if you look at January of last year, core inflation was 5.5%, and then by September, it went down to 3%. But since then, the disinflation process has paused. The stronger Sing dollar has helped to contain imported inflation pressures, um, but domestic cost pressures continue to brew. So we are expecting core inflation to be sticky in 2024 on the back of domestic cost pressures and also administrative 
hikes. We are forecasting 2.8% core inflation and 3% headline inflation, but this continues to be above historical norms. The disinflation process will likely pause in the first half of the year, given you know, all the hikes in GST, carbon taxes, property taxes, and other administrative prices, you know, like your electricity, gas, water, public transport, and also um, wage costs are rising uh, because of a tight labor market. And also there are administrative measures such as the rollout of the progressive wage model, um, higher qualifying salaries for SPAS holders from September 2023 and September 2024, higher CPF salary ceilings, and also hikes in employer contribution rates for older workers. I think taken collectively, we think that uh, all these measures uh, are compounding business cost pressures and that's why we expect uh, inflation to be sticky and above uh, historical norms and comfort zones. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I guess that's not good news. So the 2024 <laughs> Singapore budget is going to be announced on 16th February. So what are some of the expectations that could address uh, the economic concerns of firms and households? Yeah, so we think there will be additional measures to help companies with rising business costs. Uh, deferring business costs could indirectly alleviate inflation pressures by you know, reducing the pressure of businesses to pass on the higher cost to consumers. Um, so we think you know, more transitional support may be provided to help businesses cope with and cushion rising wage costs. And this could uh, include enhancements to the Progressive Wage Credit Scheme, which was introduced in Budget 2022 to adjust to mandatory wage increases under the Progressive Wage Model and also local qualifying salary requirements. Uh, the government could broaden the coverage of co-funding through a reintroduction of the Wage Credit Scheme, which you know previously ended in March 2022. I think that um, other than business cost concerns, there are also cash flow concerns. So um, I think there was this survey by the Singapore Business Federation uh, conducted between September and November 2023. It actually revealed that a higher proportion of firms compared to 2022 indicated that they have they lack you know, sufficient cash and liquidity headroom to operate. And you know, just 25% of companies are confident that the economy will improve in the next 12 months as compared to 41% in the previous year's survey. Uh, so you know, there could be a rehash of you know, previous uh, initiatives to support companies with cash flow needs. And this include the temporary bridging loan program, uh, SME working capital loans, and also possibly income tax rebates and also deferment of income tax payments. So, I mean, just to give some background, corporate tax rebates were actually in play. They were applicable for, uh, from 2013 all the way till the year of assessment 2020. Uh, and there was a 25% rebate for year of assessment 2020 amid the pandemic, uh, which was kept at 15K. Um, personal income tax rebates were granted uh, for year of assessment 2017. Um, I think in addition, there could be financial support for businesses to improve their competitiveness uh, by encouraging investments in digital infrastructure, AI internationalization and ESG. Thanks. So, <laughs> side note, Brian, do you expect the budget to be sweetened with anything more, like maybe pre-election goodies, given that the elections needed to be called by next year? Yeah, it's possible that the government could give some personal income tax rebates or corporate income tax rebates this time. I think it would be great if there are more CDC vouchers, GST vouchers or other relief measures to help defray the rising cost of living. Uh, but we think that there could be less of a focus on this 
and uh, more focus on businesses as I mentioned uh, before. Um, given that you know enhancements to packages for households have already been made, like for instance, a $1.1 billion uh, cost of living support package was announced in September 2023. And you know, this included like additional $200 of CDC vouchers per local household in 2024. Also, um, SNCC rebates and also USAFE rebates uh, to help, you know, uh, nine households living in HDB flats defray their utilities costs. Uh, the assurance package has already been topped up twice and currently it stands at more than 10 billion Singapore dollars uh, to help you know cushion the effects of the GSD hike. So yeah, given that there has been measures already rolled out to support households and at the same time, uh, inflation has cooled down even though it is still uh, relatively elevated, yeah, we think that maybe the focus could be shifted to uh, businesses rather than households. Yeah. Okay, Brian, you also mentioned in a recent report that last year's forward SG exercise will be a key focus for Budget 2024. What kinds of measures and initiatives can we expect? Yeah, so I think it would be useful to give some background on this Forward Singapore exercise and what it is about. Uh, so the Forward Singapore exercise was led by uh, Deputy Prime Minister and also the Prime Minister-in-waiting, Lawrence Wong, and his fourth-generation leadership team. And the exercise is designed to refresh Singapore's social compact for a future environment that will be more uncertain and challenging. Yeah, I mean, lots of things are changing, including technological disruptions, climate change, uh, slowing social mobility, and also deglobalization. We think that there are three uh, broad categories that the uh, Forward Singapore exercise can be grouped into. Uh, the first is uh, bolstering social trampolines and promoting inclusivity. Uh, we think that um, there will be uh, comprehensive measures such as time-bound unemployment support. This would basically entail providing permanent unemployment benefits but for a limited time and the benefits will be tied to attendance of upskilling courses and active job searching which may be measured in terms of job applications or interviews. And this new scheme is unique because it is the first time that uh, unemployment benefits have been introduced in Singapore as these have been feared to disincentivize work. In addition, there will likely be a more comprehensive Skills Future program. Uh, the revamp will likely include substantial top-ups of Skills Future credits for mid-career workers in their 40s and 50s, uh, more work-study attachments, and also training allowances and protected time off for workers on longer and full-time courses like you know, additional degree or diploma. Uh, more access to career guidance services may also be provided under this new and improved Skills Future program. I think on the spirit of inclusivity, there will also be initiatives to support lower-income households and ITE graduates. Uh, this will mean perhaps more uh, work-study programs for ITE uh, students to enhance their employability given that the wage gaps uh, have been diverging I think between ITE graduates and uh, university and poly graduates for instance. Um, conditional transfers lower income families will be provided under the Comlink Plus program which is tied to progress on longer term goals. I think a particular focus will be on making preschool education more affordable and accessible in an effort to close early development gaps. Uh, Comlink Plus will likely include top-ups to the child development account for children attending preschool by age 3, matching repayments for paying off debt, uh, and also matching voluntary CPF contributions for saving up to buy a HDB flat, 
and cash as well as CPF top-ups for those who stay in stable employment. Um, we think that there could be more administrative measures such as a hike to the local qualifying salary which is Singapore's de facto minimum wage for uh, companies that uh, wish to employ foreign workers. It currently stands at 1,400 Singapore dollars uh, and that could be raised. Uh, the progressive wage model could also be expanded to more sectors and occupations. I think the Forward Singapore report highlighted the need to fairly remunerate hands and heart jobs such as electricians, plumbers, healthcare and aged care. Um, currently, the uh, progressive wage model covers the cleaning, security, landscape, lift and escalator, retail, food services and waste management um, sectors, but uh, the number of sectors could be uh, broadened. Um, we think there will likely be a pause on wealth taxes, uh, which have been introduced and stepped up over the past two years to kind of like enhance progressivity. Um, so I think this has included, for instance, hikes to the top end of personal income tax rates, higher ARF for luxury cars, higher property taxes, especially for the uh, most expensive properties and so on and so forth. I think another pillar for the forward SG is supporting active aging and boosting retirement adequacy because we are becoming a more and more aged society. Population is aging, right? So I think more details will be provided on the $7 billion Majula package, which is for young seniors to support active aging, also boost their retirement savings. There have already been some details provided, like for instance, that there will be an earn and save bonus providing annual CPF top-up of between $400 to $1,000 as long as they continue working. Also, one-time retirement savings bonus and also Medisave bonuses. Yeah, I think the last uh, broad pillar that we see and also the big thing that matters uh, possibly for markets will be basically strengthening climate change resilience. Uh, we think there will be incentives on the green transition, uh, such as possible incentives for investments in regional clean energy projects and distribution infrastructure to fulfill Singapore's target of 30% uh, renewable energy imports by 2035. As for carbon taxes, we think the government is already quite comfortable where it is and the planned path. Uh, Singapore's carbon taxes are already one of the highest in Asia, they have been raised from $5 uh, per tonne of uh, CO2 emissions last year to $25 this year. And then it will go up further uh, to $45 and then $70, $80 by the uh, end of this decade. And that's all we have today. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Esther. You've been listening to Asian Speaks by Maybank. If you like our conversations, don't forget to like, share and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.